a successful partnership just comes down to a couple of things and also just goes through an evolution as, as time goes on. But the most important thing, the core foundation of everything is obviously trust, like complete trust in your other person. That has to come both ways, like complete trust, basically open hands, not, nothing's, nothing's uh, hidden. Basically, trust and transparency. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Debutify podcast. Today, I spoke with Jacob Anson, co-founder at Agency JR, coming out of Riga, Latvia. We talked extensively about email marketing, the subtle tricks or laws of visual advertising, and workflows and habits that Jacob himself employs. I hope that you enjoy this episode. Hello, Jacob. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. How about you? Yeah, good. Thanks. So, I mean, my first question I always ask is, can you tell me what you like to do outside of work, even though I know you're a bit of a big guy when it comes to work? Outside of work, that's that's a good question. So at this point in my life, my life is kind of boring to the, to the usual person. Right now, it's basically only work and gym. So work and gym, and I'm not traveling. So I'll say gym. Maybe also some other kinds of sports like basketball, running, gym. But that's about it. So work and sports. Okay, so you must be killing it at work then. If you don't have much time. I hope so. I would like to think so. Yeah. So you're the co-founder of agency uh, JR. Can you tell me like how that began? Like you must have a bit of a startup story. Yeah. So agency JR. Actually, there's like a meaning to the name. So it's agency Jacob Rainus. So that's my name, my partner's name. The agency got started right now. I think it's going to be three years ago. Uh, yeah, we started like three years ago in the summer. First six months were rough. Uh, basically, at, at the start, we were not an email marketing agency. We were a Facebook ads agency uh, for the first few months. But after zero results, tons of work, nothing, uh, we made the pivot to email marketing. Uh, still, first three months, basically nothing. Uh, but you know, the consistency compounds. So after three months, we got, I think, the first client. Uh, then after six months in, I think we were with like three, four clients. And then from that point on, the snowball just continued rolling, rolling, rolling. And like two and a half, three years later right now, uh, we're sitting at this point in around about 80 clients. Out of this year, we had scale up to 100 clients. But during Q1, obviously, things usually die down. But by the end of this Q4, we should be back over 100 clients. And the team says out. Team size has also grown to sub 50 people in total. Core team, though closer to 25, 30, uh, 50, including all of the contractors and part time people. So, uh, just to zoom in on that first part of growth, you know, it's interesting to look at startups. When you say the first three months, like what did that look like day to day? Were you guys like working on it, you know, eight hours a day, or is it kind of like an idea that you kind of touched on, or were you going all in at the beginning? Basically all in. At that point, I was actually living in Germany. I had the gap year. I had a okay. cousin in my gap year. I told my parents I'm going to go study after this gap year. In my mind, I knew that can't, can't happen. I don't want to go study when I have something on my own. Mm. Uh, but for the first three months, basically, work was all we did. Uh, at that point, we did also ha- have like two or think two other products we were working on. So agency is only one of them, then two other smaller ones. Basically, yeah full focus on work, but also during that time, it was when one of the most important learning for me came that uh, if you focus on only one thing, uh, you'll get much better results than if you focus on three, four, or how many things at once. So, yeah. That is a great lesson that I probably should listen to myself. So at that time, you know, did you look up to anybody, even uh, your partner, Rainus? Did you like, was there anybody that inspired you or... 
you know, tell us how this idea came about. So in terms of like inspiration, maybe the only one which like for me got to be kind of familiar with the agency space would be Iman Gaji. I think a lot of agency owners, like the newer ones will, will know him. But other than that, for me, it was always like a personal thing. I didn't, like when I was smaller, every day I was dream, dreaming about being my own boss, working for myself. I didn't know how I was going to do it, obviously, uh, not through email marketing. That wasn't even an option. But then as, as you meet people, no, new opportunities come, and then like email marketing just naturally came out as the best option or the best vehicle to grow the business. So, yeah. You start an email marketing agency. You don't really know much about email marketing. And how did you like upskill at that time? Great question. At this point, like, it was lucky because my partner actually had some email marketing experience. So I was at that point, I think basically at zero. My partner had some experience. I think he had handled a client before, but still we were like, I would say nowhere near the yeah, yeah. skill level of where we should be at to handle email marketing clients. That's also the good thing, or also also like other other important thing I've learned along the way. I'm much it's much more important to start before you think you're ready than just to wait longer and longer when you think you're actually ready. For us, of course, for the first few clients, uh, there were mess ups, a lot of them to be honest. Uh, but still, through that, you learn more quickly because then you have direct responsibility, direct accountability. If you mess up a client's accounts, your pay goes away. Uh, so just make you'll make sure yourself you're, you'll learn everything quicker but yeah at the start we were not really that qualified first few clients a lot of mess ups a lot of issues but through that we learned what to do what not to do and yeah the first few steps okay well i don't want you to give away any you know trade secrets but what what do you not do and what do you do in email marketing good good question um so to kind of put it together with our story so let's start with what not to do uh, the first and the biggest mistake which we did was not taking care of the list health. So when you have an e-commerce shop, you have your customer list, let's say 10,000 customers. The mistake we did, uh, we took those 10,000 customers and sent them out every email we sent out. Uh, obviously, that might seem a good idea because the more customers get your email, the more sales you're going to get. I mean, actually, that's not the case. Uh, you want to see how much the list is actually engaged, how much of the list actually wants to receive your emails and are opening your emails. Uh, so maybe out of those 10,000 customers, only about 3,000 customers want to receive your emails. You'll be far better off targeting those because they'll be opening up your emails. Uh, otherwise, you're targeting 10,000 customers, which are not opening your emails. After a while, your open rate is going to drop to 2-3%, and your sending domain interpretation is going to go to third very bad as well, which is going to enable a negative flywheel, and your email marketing revenue is going to dip down very fast. The first thing or to do or not to do is take care of your list and make sure you're properly segmenting your email campaigns, send out your engaged customers. And what else? Some quick actionable tips for like e-commerce owners. If you're listening, basically just set up like the base, most basic automation is something you can do yourself, like abandoned checkout, welcome sequence with pop-ups, thank you, post upsell series, anything of that. And if you're sending campaigns, just be mindful of the engaged part of the list. I want to kind of walk people through the experience of like working with you. Are you going to just like take the full reins um, with your client or do you try and, you know, teach them some lessons so they can uh, take over from you eventually or how does it work? 
Yeah, great question. Um, with us, I think we are one of the more flexible agencies. Uh, okay. That's one of the things we preach both with our clients and with our team. Uh, with the clients, the flexibility comes in terms of like, uh, we'll mold our services to fit your specific needs. Uh, we have consulting clients, we have the consult like done with you, done for you consulting. Uh, we can also do full management, like full management is the preferable option, which we usually do with most of our clients where we come in, Take care of your whole email marketing department, A to Z, from technicals to designs to sending emails to reporting, everything. Uh, then again, in certain cases, we have uh, customized these service. So if you want to use your in-house copywriter, we can fit that in. Or if you also want to be more involved into the email marketing process with ideas and stuff like that, as a business owner, that is also something we can do. So usually, we may mold ourselves to fit these specific needs. Okay, so is it flexible pricing? How does the payment structure work? Another good question. So here, again, it's flexible, but obviously, in document of pricing, nobody wants to mention specifics, but here I'll try to give the best answer I can. Dropshipping clients, so dropshipping clients, usually it's more commission-based, um, as dropshipping is basically all about making sales. And then with like branded clients, that is usually a flat retainer or like a smaller percentage fee on the campaigns. Uh, to give, be more specific, the, depending on your store uh, size and the specific needs you have, this can range from two to eight K a month, uh, somewhere within that range. Okay, cool. Just want to switch uh, slightly, but I do want to hear your strategies. Uh, on email marketing, you keep mentioning your team, and it's you know it's very interesting to me. Um, obviously, lots of people who listen to the podcast are e-commerce owners, so there's definitely some lessons that you can teach us about like building a team. You've got did you say fifty or eighty people in your team? 50, 50, 50, fifty people. Around fifty. There's still a lot of people. You've got fifteen core members, and then you have some contractors. That must be pretty cool. Like you know, you're a young guy. You've been doing this for only three years, and now you're like a you know a leader of uh, a community. Can you tell us if you've learned any lessons or, you know, in the hiring process or working with people or employees? Definitely. Like this is like one of the, well, this is one of the main things they do on a daily basis. And there has been a huge learning curve. Um, with agencies specifically, like how the business model works. Uh, first, you find clients. When you find too many clients, you can handle it yourself. You go into hiring. It's always this battle between sales and hiring. Mm. Uh, other business models, maybe it's similar, but that always at a certain point, like hiring or building a team is the next step, sticking point which you need to solve to move forward. For us, that was also the case. In terms of like tips starting starting on hiring, the first thing is like I think the most important thing is like team structure. Figure like what specifically you need, uh, how you're going to structure the team, what positions you specifically need, and then also be very very specific about what those each of those specific positions need to do. A mistake. We made a lot of other people make is when we're, it's very vague that we ourselves don't know specifically what we need. We know we need roughly someone, uh, but we don't know down to the specifics what they're going to do. This is going to cause a lot of problems when you onboard them within a team. Maybe the expectations on their side are not clear, and then maybe they can't even do the other things you want them to do. So first thing, think yourself. Think about like what specifically do you need, and just make sure you're conveying that uh, very clearly to the hiring prospect as well. Second thing, as I mentioned, like uh, team structure, what kind of positions you need. Here, a very actionable tip uh, when you're starting out to cut down on costs, it's best to create like for your for your um, business like a convoyer system where each position is very specialized. So, for example, you have a product manager, you have a copywriter, you have a designer. 
a mistake we did is sometimes we try to combine those three or four things into one person, but it's much harder to have find a person who's a product manager, designer, and copywriter than to find three specific people which each take care of those things. And then also it's going to be much cheaper in the end. It's harder to find that at one person? Or easier, yeah, harder, yeah. harder. So someone who can do product management, who can do, and also copywriting, and also designing, that's like three skills combined. There is not a lot of people that have those three unique skills, but there is a lot more people who each have only one of those unique skills, and that means it's going to be much cheaper and easier for you to make your first hires. Yeah, and then you, and then as you grow, it just comes down to the structure of the team. Make sure it's properly structured. You hire the managers, and it's just uh, lear- learning, learning, doing, failing, and learning again. Fair enough. Steve Jobs, in his biography, said that if you hire a manager who hasn't worked the job that he's like ruling over, or she's ruling over, then he's just mm-hmm. a bozo. You know, he does, he's just a loser. Have you had that experience? Do you promote the person in the copywriting who's doing really well? who's showing like team leading abilities or do you bring in like an external manager to be just good at managing? Yeah. So that, that is important. Like for us, like when you created these team structures, for example, there are the account leaders and the team leader on top of that. Then the team leader, they, they have not specifically done the position, but we always make sure that they are hundred they hundred percent understand like each and everything the account leader needs to do. So in that case, that, that is the case, but I fully agree with the quote. So, for example, for me and my business partner, we only hire a certain position or ask for help in a certain like business aspect if we ourselves understand what we're looking for. Because then we're also able to see like how well that is done if the person is a good fit. So we never hire something where we don't understand what's needed or what needs to be done. But I 100% agree. And right now it's in the company, I don't think... Maybe we, I don't think we have like a direct promotion right now, but there is the structure. The team structure is built out so that, for example, the account managers, they can climb up to the account executive position. So there is the climb up ladder for them. But I fully 100% agree with these statements there. Okay, that's cool. Your partner, three years together or has it been longer? Has this been something um, that you've been jamming for a while? And, and also really my main question is like, what... Uh, has your relationships developed into after starting this company? Has it been like yeah. a, a cat fight or has it been good fun? It's, it's, been, it's been good fun overall. Uh, but yeah, it's been basically three years of us working together. Uh, right now we're actually living in the same apartment for the last two years, which has definitely helped with productivity. But in terms of this, like I've heard a lot of horror stories in terms of partners and stuff like that. Always think all of us have heard. Uh, but like a successful partnership just comes down to a couple of things and also just goes through an evolution as, as time goes on. But the most important thing, the core foundation of everything is obviously trust, like complete trust in another person that has to come both ways, like complete trust, basically open hands, not, nothing's, nothing's uh, hidden. Basically, trust and transparency. And then uh, for us specifically, like also like a big, like a learning curve in terms of like managing a successful partnership was uh, managing the responsibilities within the company. Uh, as we started out, as also I've seen with a couple of our friends with, with partners, when you start out, uh, the responsibilities are often very blurry, often like maybe do the same things as the partner. So you're very similar in that way. For us, that was the same thing, but very, basically we had a very, very similar case for us as well as we started out. A lot of the responsibilities were both doing doing the same things. But as time got bent, bent on, we basically each divided ourselves in like two separate directions. And also then as we went, time went on, we made, made sure to split responsibilities clearly. 
for example, hey, you take 100% responsibility and accountability on this. I take 100% accountability responsibility on this. So then it's much easier to, to work together. There's less conflict and then also you don't have to worry about as many, many things. For us also, it kind of came naturally. He's more of the sales guy, the more energetic, talk to people guy, but I'm not, I'm not more of the quiet one, more of the analytical strategic guy. So yeah, that kind of came naturally. Well, that's, that's pretty wicked that you're now, you know, doing podcasts and things like that. Such a growth period for you. <laughs> uh, like for me, like it's not an issue to talk to people. Uh, obviously I'm not, not, not the hugest people person, but uh, yeah, that's not, 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 not an issue. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, so now I just want to pivot. You know, you're in the business of email marketing. You're a young guy. I'm a young guy. And I look at email marketing and I'm just like, surely this is just going to get more uh, privatized in terms of like ad blockers. You know, like I have an ad blocker. I never see a YouTube ad in my life. But I feel like somebody is just going to make an app for email marketing as well. Like the Google promotion social uh, inbox tabs are pretty, they're pretty inefficient. Are you like preparing for something like that in the future and, and what do you think about that mm -hmm. good good question like overall when you look at like all the marketing channels there's like Google marketing facebook ads google ads TikTok ads and like in, in any other like marketing channels i think of course outside of like billboards and stuff like that like evil marketing is the oldest one i'm pretty sure might be wrong but one of at least one of the oldest ones and usually like the the oldest things usually stick around for the longest time as well uh, obviously, as time goes on, there are going to be more restrictions. Not sure like how and specifically they're going to look, but email marketing, I don't see it's going to go anywhere. Uh, if anything, like we should and will be more worried about like other marketing channels, like Facebook ads, for example. Last few years have been crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, the track tracking is uh, absolutely smashed. The data attribution, like everything there. Um, with email marketing, uh, there also were some data tracking issues, but like not nothing major. And I don't see it as being an issue moving forward. Uh, it's one of the oldest marketing channels, one of the more stable marketing channels. So I'm not too worried about if anything, we'll figure it out. I mean, it's pretty lucrative, right? Like it's, it's, it's basically free to send an email, uh, but you can get a, so you can get an enormous return on investment because of that. You just got to put your time in and then just, if people buy the product. For sure, yeah. Uh, again, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it, it counts as, as the marketing channel with the highest ROI across all, all, all channels. And obviously, even when you acquire customers to, for example, Facebook ads, you have to spend money money on that. So for example, if your product costs 50, you maybe spend 20 on acquisition, like Facebook ads, 20%, uh, 20 bucks on the product cost, only left with like 10% profit. The marketing, uh, obviously there are costs of labor, but it doesn't cost anything to send out the email. So the same $50 products, you would get maybe $40 to $35 profit there. So definitely. Yeah. No, it, I think you're right. It's the highest ROI. Okay. So I want you to surprise me now because I, 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 I'm like, I need to be convinced of email marketing because I can understand how it can be done like right but I don't often see it being done right. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, like I'm a filmmaker and there's, there's like, you know, five, maybe eight camera companies that I like, you know, subscribe to. And most of it is just like the most awful graphic design you've ever seen. Um, and they're just like, you know, splashing you with, with, with ads. But there's one company called um, Gobe and they've just changed the name to Earth. 
And it's just like mm-hmm. sleek, minimal. It's beautiful. They're very like environmentally friendly. And I, and I just resonate with that. So that's like a bias anyway. Like it's, I, I want to see like the objective, good, convincing email marketing because most mm-hmm. of what I see is kind of just like you're wasting your time, you know? So, so convince me of the good stuff. Okay. Okay. That's, that's interesting to hear. Maybe I'm not going to convince you. I'm going to oppose your view in a way. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so like with email marketing, like we have done a lot of uh, testing. Usually, like most of the cases, like the best performing email is actually the, the ugliest kind of email. It's like the pure text-based email. Mm-hmm. Like when you, for example, you go into Gmail, you compose, compose an email, it's pure text, nothing else. Uh, when we send out those for brands, those usually have the best metrics. So best open rates, black best click rates, best revenue, everything. Uh, with open rates, click rates, there is a logical reasoning behind that uh, because the email is lighter, it has better deliverability, a much higher chance of landing in the primary folder. Uh, then as for like revenue numbers and stuff like that, most likely is the shock factor because you don't expect to receive that kind of email from a brand. So you're more likely to read it, it's more likely to click and the more clicks you get, the more purchases you get. Uh, but then in terms of like design emails, that um, really depends. Obviously, design is up, up to a certain point subjective. Uh, what's good design, what's bad design, obviously there, there are certain ways how you can think about that. For us, it just comes down to email structure. Uh, the design basically just has to fit the brand design. It has to look natural. The transition from the email over to the brand has to be natural. If the brand is maybe has more of like an old school vibe or maybe like an older vibe, we'll just make sure to implement the same kind of structure with an email. So if the customer sees the email, they click on like a link and they go to the website, it seems like a smooth transition. It's not like it doesn't go from pink to black and then stuff like that concurrency um, concurrency exactly and then yeah. also just email structure have the cta button basically on the first view of the email so you're able to click it if you're interested it's basically just giving some small tweaks to make the customer journey a bit easier so i think hopefully that serves as a good answer to your question i think it does because all those camera companies they they just can't help but showing you like images and but they're just not laid out nicely and they take forever to load so yeah you're right uh the, the people who email me who you know it's two sentences and it's simple i'm like way more interested and i'm like okay maybe mm-hmm. there is something here yeah so simple is best when it comes to email i guess that makes sense you're kind of leaning into what the medium offers which is just text first but basically guys, yeah do you guys That's do right. sms as well Yes, SMS is uh, the add-on service we have, like for an email mar- email uh, marketing pr- primarily agency, but the SMS Park is also a service we offer and do for existing and new clients. Awesome. Why is it? In, I mean, I guess your your partner like was just a expert in email first, so or, or what's the reason why it's an add-on? Is it because email's easier, email's cheaper? Actually, it was only just had recently. So uh, we have scaled our client portfolio and all of our internal systems around email marketing. I think start yeah start of this year we just added an SMS marketing. So it's going to be an add-on service. Uh, maybe later down the line, we also might uh, position as one of the like main service, so email and SMS. But right now we're primarily primarily going email first. And if you don't have your SMS marketing, we can also put that on additionally. But other than that. 
no other reason basically everything before that was built there on email right now we just have introduced SMS marketing maybe later down the road we also might offer just the main service as well have you got the kinds of sms you know back and forth that i sometimes see like you don't always see this with brands but um it's really nice when you can reply to a brand because you you know you're really fostering like an actual conversation but you don't usually do that on an email marketing i'm not sure if if that if you guys do like it's usually you know, Connor at no reply, and then it's just an ad, you know? So SMS is really nice in that way. For sure, yeah. But what you're talking about, those are um, like custom, like campaign flows or flows. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As, 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 uh, as with platforms name. I mean, yeah, that is a pretty recent feature. Um, at least like SMS platforms have been pushing that feature more frequently in the recent months or like past year or so, but uh, that is definitely a very powerful, powerful thing to do. Maybe to explain to your listeners, so somebody who has not received, like me personally, I, I live in Europe, so maybe like this was probably not as popular here, so I have not personally received something like that. We have sent it out for clients. It's uh, when you send out an SMS message, like and the brand sends you an SMS message, which asks you to reply to the message with something or basically ask for like product recommendations, then you're going to get automatic uh, responses maybe like a discount or maybe like a product recommendation or even you can also uh, get, get connected like a customer support rep and talk to the brand directly through sms messages which is a very powerful thing to do yeah absolutely i mean it can even go so far as like do you want to order this thing and they just go yeah put my address in yeah, they're also like crazy. um help desk apps which are like pushing this feature like uh i think gorgeous was one of them i remember basically where they are turning like customer support into like a revenue driving channel where you can also like all of your customer support drops can get attribute like driven revenue like the tickets they're solving and, and stuff like that which is also very interesting to explore yeah it, it is interesting I'm, I'm very keen to see, you know, all these little divisions that we have um, to kind of like replicate the in-store experience, because that's like essentially what that SMS thing is doing. It's trying to be like the nice guy who you meet in the shop. Maybe, I don't know, VR or something will come in next. VR. Yeah, actually, yeah. VR, like there are, I think, some, I'm pretty sure there was like a makeup brand which offered something like it's augmented reality or VR where you can... Like they have like an app or like a feature in a website where you can try on their lipstick or something like that. Oh That's yeah, yeah. Already... Uh, you probably have seen AR Spark. They're like a Shopify plugin. AR Spark. I don't think that doesn't, doesn't ring a bell. But uh, there was a um, like a makeup brand, like a big makeup brand, which had like a feature like that on the website. So maybe through that. I think I I want to circle back to you as a founder because that's like quite impressive. Walk us through like a day in the life of being you know where you are now. Yeah, uh, at this point, later right now, I came back home from like a traveling heavy time period. So right now I'm basically trying to get back into the usual schedule, um, but the usual schedule basically would be something like wake up around seven eight a.m. Usually straight to work. Um, basically no breakfast, like no, like my time is basically wake up, get ready for the day, straight to work. Then usually just work until like uh, noon, 1 p.m. Here, an important principle, which I have implemented a while ago, which has really helped is basically no meetings uh, until basically for the first half of the day. Basically that's where you get all the focus work done, all the more important work. So a strict no meeting rule until 12 or 
1 p.m. that just allows you to focus. You know you don't have to wait on any calls and prepare for anything like that. Lunch, then it goes usually into me things from like 2 p.m. to the late evening and some like light miscellaneous work. Then it's usually gym in the evening, home, repeat. Okay. I like the uh, the idea of uh, no meetings in the morning. That's a good one. I, I actually I, seen some other people preach it right now. <laughs> I don't think I've stealing the idea from anyone. I just implemented it myself, but I've seen like people come out and preach the same idea uh, on Twitter or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's definitely been very, very helpful. I highly recommend that. Yeah, I, I would love to try it. I uh, unfortunately I'm uh, interviewing people all over the world, so sometimes it's five a.m. just because it's five a.m. Five a.m. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's it's fun. You know, you meet some cool people. Okay, so uh, one last thing. Uh, can you please tell us about uh, your email marketing strategies for Q4? Yeah, absolutely. Q4 for in the e-commerce space, obviously, is where all of the profit is made, or mostly all of it. Uh, with email marketing, like last few years, we have absolutely been crunching it in Q4, so you can definitely share some insights, some ins- some tips. Um, you can set up for your online stores to make sure you're happy to generate the most amount of revenue and profit through the email marketing channel. So what we usually do, uh, obviously Black Friday is going to be end of uh, November. We usually start, if you're sending out campaigns, we usually do like warm-up and re-engagement periods for DLS. So first we try to re-engage as much of the list as possible, like all of these non-engaged customers, we try to lightly reach out to them to see if they maybe want to start receiving our emails right now. Uh, so like a re-engagement campaign, target those. Then the next thing is you, you'd want to warm up your list. So then once you have re-engaged your list, then really cut down on the sending segments and really just talk hone in on the engaged customers to bump up your open rates and bump up your deliverability for Q4. And that's going to be important. During those few weeks, everybody is sending out thousands of and millions of emails. So they're just going to make sure emails have the best possible deliverability. So they're landing in the primary inbox, hopefully. Then once you've, the form is basically going to gun, the gun is going to be done through lowering your sending segments to like very engaged lists. Then also sending out uh, content and campaigns, which is going to be a bit more value-based because you're going to create a deeper connection with the customer. If you're selling like fitness uh, niche uh, products, you're going to basically write fitness tips. You're selling like fashion products, you can give them fashion tips, whatever. And then as you go ahead into like the November, we usually uh, split up the promotion into two parts. There's going to be an early sale and the general sale launch. For the early sale launch, you actually create a specific pop-up, a specific list uh, for people that want to get early access. We promote that through email. We also have our clients promote through paid ads. So we generate a completely new list of leads which actually want to be in on our Q4 offers. Then we have uh, special promotions for those which go out slightly earlier. And then we have the general few, uh, Black Friday product uh, sale launches there. What I recommend basically have the whole two weeks filled out with emails, basically Black Black Week and Cyber Monday Week. And we also usually even do like two email sends a day. So one in the morning, one in the evening, those two weeks, it's completely fine. You don't need to worry about overwhelming your list. Every brand which which they have ever visited or seen is going to be blasting them with emails. So those two weeks go absolutely ham. And just make sure you generate as much revenue as you can. Email marketing Q4, that is the best combo you can have. It's the highest uh, profit margin channel. So that we just make sure you hone in, double down, 
and just go there and crush it. Awesome. Thanks for that advice, Jacob. Where can people find you? And yeah, thanks so much for coming onto the show. It's been a pleasure. Uh, in terms of the agency, it's agencyjr.com. So agencyjacobrainus.com. So jr.com. Uh, there you can check out the work, uh, see if you want to work with us and also schedule on a call to see if they can help. And thank you, Connor. It's been a pleasure being here. Thanks again, Jacob. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Debutify Podcast. If you want to be part of the show, just email us podcast at debutify.com or head over to debutify.com to learn more. Have a great day and good luck with everything.